Today, I'm going to talk through some of the questions I get from people on effective CEO succession planning. In the main, what it is, why you should be thinking of it ahead of time, and what are the benefits. So come join me. Welcome to the Leverage Business Podcast, where we believe business success is about working smarter, not harder. Leveraging your time and expertise in ways that fit the digital age you and your clients live in today. I'm your host, Jay Allison, author of Leverage Consulting in the Digital Age and founder of the iSuccess Business Academy. And every episode, I'll be sharing insights into how you can apply the power of leverage to grow your consulting, coaching, or other expert services business and create true freedom and independent success with mindset, marketing, and money model breakthroughs. Because when you get leveraged, the sky's the limit. Let's go for it. Hey, 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 everyone. How is it going in your world? I can tell you here in the UK, it is hot, hot, hot. Where I am in England, we're once again experiencing unprecedented heat waves. I see heat waves happening across the world. But here in England, we are not used to such extremes in temperature. The whole country's gone into mad mode and we don't have air conditioning. We don't have pools and it's not a one off. These huge peaks to 40 degrees centigrade and high 30s are in quick succession. Very apt for today's topic, although no pun was intended. So why am I talking about succession planning for small businesses? Because a lot of people obviously think that's all about retirement, right? That's all about uh, exiting your business. But actually, many SME, that's small to medium-sized enterprise business owners, simply aren't prepared for when they need to take themselves out of the business for whatever reason and at any stage. So I'm not just talking about retirement or planning for retirement. It could be any time from a sudden illness or just you'd like to take an extended trip and want to be free to enjoy it. I have to say, I've experienced a period of health challenges a few years back where I had to step out of the business, both the consulting and online education side. So it wasn't just about not being kind of well enough to commute to client sites um, or, you know, travel. And it's actually where much of the academy mission comes from, you know, the whole idea, the whole concept of leverage and leveraged living and working smarter, not harder, is so that you are able to have it not all on your shoulders. And while I've never taken an extended trip, I'd like to think that I could if I wanted to. I could probably do it for a month, um, maybe even two to three months. And I talked about this with Selena Johnson in the interview with her way back, I think, episode 24. Um, But what if you needed to do longer, like six months, um, a year, maybe take a world cruise or a couple of years to handle a health issue for yourself or, or a family member, you know, something comes up for them. So in this episode, I wanted to talk through some of the questions that I get from people on effective CEO succession planning specifically. And in the main, what it is, why you should be thinking of it ahead of time and what are the benefits. And I'm not talking here about family businesses with two to three staff. I'm talking about a small to medium sized business of up to 250 employees even. And where most often the owner has no family members active in the company 
or has no immediate like structure for C-suite kind of roles um, to have some backup. So even if it was for an exit, there are no obvious successors in line to take over as CEO. And in many cases, the owner is CEO, COO, CFO, as well as overseeing strategy, operations, HR, IT, and marketing and sales, um, particularly if you're a very small business. And that's pretty exhausting, right? You know, so way before you go, it's not a bad idea to be building a crew to support you. And that's the only way you're going to grow and scale sustainably. So succession planning goes hand in hand with team building, hiring, talent management and leadership development. So let's get going with some of the questions. Question one is, what is CEO succession planning for small businesses? Well, in corporate speak, succession planning is the process of replacing your organization's leaders and managers with high potential internal and sometimes external people. Essentially, it is about forward planning and talent management, which involves identifying, developing, redeploying or replacing certain individuals to handle staff changes as smoothly as possible. For sole traders, this is about both building capacity for when you're away and if you want eventually to exit the business or retire. For small businesses where there are perhaps just four to five key posts, including your own as CEO, such as operations, marketing, sales, HR, and IT, succession planning is simply a good idea to cover contingencies like key people leaving the company, long-term illness or family issues, maternity or paternity leave. For larger companies, succession planning is likely to form part of the HR annual planning cycle, ideally aligned with performance management, training needs analysis, talent retention and leadership development. Succession planning mitigates the effects of a sudden or unanticipated vacancy in a principal position. Although conventional wisdom is that no one is indispensable, replacing a leader or contributor with highly specialised knowledge or competencies is costly and time consuming. Equally important, in my opinion, meeting the personal growth, achievement and recognition needs of current employees promotes motivation and boosts morale. Succession planning, in a general sense, is important because it supports organisational stability, even during periods of significant change. And it makes sure that even if important individuals depart, their absence, at least professionally, won't be noticed and the company won't suffer. So the second question um, relates to this, which is why should I think about CEO succession planning? Let me start by saying the most common reason for not creating a succession plan is that the owner doesn't think about it. They think it's something that only happens when they're finishing off the business, you know, finishing their career. And they're not looking to retire or they wouldn't know where to start. And that's understandable. I mean, we all know that we'll want to stop work eventually. And if you're older, you may have worries that one day maybe you will become incapable of running the business by virtue of old age or health issues. The problem is, though, that many business owners don't have a clear sense of the steps involved to enact CEO succession planning when the time comes. Planning for succession has many different goals. In many businesses, it's about mitigating risk or damage control, where the focus is on proactively seeking out talent 
or reactively replacing a key leader with minimum disruption. If you're bringing in a replacement, ideally you want someone who's ready for the job, has the potential to take the reins effectively and efficiently, can hit the ground running, can step into the role fast. And if you have time to plan and manage that ahead of when it's necessary, so much the better. To do that, you'll want to think about developing a succession planning framework or process to reduce the risks associated with a more abrupt change in leadership. And even if it isn't about retirement, it could be necessary to have someone step in. For instance, if, God forbid, you had an accident or had to take care of a loved one for a significant period of time, or if you wanted to take a sabbatical of some kind. If financially you can't afford to just shut up shop, have you thought about who would run your business in your absence in those scenarios? Do you have a plan? Do you do any talent management? Who's your right-hand person, your number one, to take over from you? If you're a Trekkie, you'll know what I mean, right? Number one. What kind of person would you want should the need arise? So thinking through the process of effective CEO succession planning will help you, as the business owner, identify possible contingencies or steps to take and kind of craft out a job description almost for the things that are critical to business carrying on. And then you can stop worrying about the what if. The great first step is to learn what your choices are. And the best way to do that is to talk to a few business owners who have retired or developed successful succession plans. Ask them how they went about it. What did they do first? How did they bring new people in to help them with key business processes? And how did they develop talent? You may not be planning to fully leave the business as CEO, dependent on your age and health. But if you are, then it's useful to narrow the choices. For instance, if you don't have a family member to take it over, you might consider two common options, which are either liquidating the company's assets or selling to a current employee or partner. In this case, your immediate CEO succession planning would involve sketching out action items for each of these options. Another reason to explore succession planning for small businesses is that the nature of the business may have changed considerably since you first set up the company. If you spent time doing some visioning for future stability, you'll know you need to keep innovating in order to survive and thrive. In my consulting work, we do a lot of strategic review projects where organizations, businesses are really just looking to get ahead of the game and to make sure that they're prepared. If you are keen to look into this further, it leads naturally into question three. Where do I start with CEO succession planning? In my experience, certainly for SMEs, internal candidates tend to be the best future C-suites of choice. Of course, there are circumstances such as a turnaround in the industry that I mentioned or a significant shift in your strategic direction that might call for seeking successes outside of the company. But having someone who's already demonstrated a cultural fit with your mission and values is always going to feel more comfortable and can be less risky than someone entirely new to your business. If it's important in your business, as it is in most, to keep up with innovation and respond to complex, ever-shifting market environments, you'll want a new kind of leader who's able to create the right social networks and unlock the latent creativity of teams. 
Often, and unsurprisingly, the insider who already knows the business and the ecosystem in which it operates and is a known entity, they're going to have the advantage. So what do you need to think about? Well, first step is to consider future strategic needs. Start by taking a hard look at the trends happening in your industry, sector, and in the lives or businesses of your target market. Pinpoint potential future challenges and needs, then get to work on your strategic plan. You should ideally be doing this annually anyhow. Maybe there are new business areas that you want to pursue, new markets that you want to enter, or new products that you know you wish to develop. This helps you consider the key areas and functions that are currently mission critical to your company's growth and success. The second area is to identify operational key roles. Start by taking a good hard look at the real on-the-ground way that your business operates. Within the areas and functions that are of strategic importance to your company, there are a number of roles and positions that are really key. Ask yourself the question, if these key positions were vacant tomorrow, how would it affect my business? Furthermore, identify key competencies, skills and success factors that are critical to the people in those roles doing the job effectively. The third area that I ask people to look at is to think about their personal needs. If you're the founder of the business, it'd be incredibly hard to hand over the baton. Planning for transition isn't just about the structural and practical matters. There's an important personal and emotional level that often requires a mindset shift. When you've built up a successful company, you've got the legacy, you've put your heart and soul and blood, sweat and tears into it. It's perfectly normal to want that to be recognised, maintained and continued. At the same time, few markets are static and every business needs to innovate at some point as part of risk management and future growth. Developing a healthy team environment can really help make the transition one of creativity and collaboration. This is the area of expertise for another business owner that I work with. Take a look at bridgepointeffect.com. So then the fourth area is to pick the best approach. There are two main axes that you want to decide on for creating your succession plan. At the extremes, these are one, process-centric or people-centric, and the second, objective or subjective. Imagine this as four quadrants. There's a diagram in the article version of this podcast if you want to go look at it, and in the show notes. Um, But think about it as a, a block of four boxes. Um, and there are extremes, right? You can sit at the far end of either of the two axes. Where do you sit? How far off the centre are you to ensure a balanced mix of all four quadrants? And very related to this is number five, which is retaining your best people. And whether you do that on the basis of their roles and positions and their um, capability, or whether you just like people you've been working with for so many years and you don't want to let them down. So process versus people, objective versus subjective, you know, where are you on that scale? Whether you're thinking of CEO succession planning as a contingency measure or because you are planning to step back or retire, bear in mind effective succession planning is a process more, is a process, but it's also a lot to do with people development. 
Talent development and leadership development are terms you might know more from the corporate environment, but they're equally critical to small businesses. Both talent development and leadership development start with the employee and should identify how their career path can develop and their potential be reached. Succession planning, on the other hand, starts with the critical roles that need to be filled, after which you can identify which contenders internally or externally might best fit these positions. To retain key personnel and keep development initiatives going from a succession viewpoint, talent management and succession planning should be connected with one another. The Academy to Innovate HR, AIHR, has a nice four-step success planning process template to illustrate the various developmental activities that might be involved at each stage of the process. And there's a link again in the article to go find that. And I'll put it in the show notes as well for this episode. The fourth question I get asked by small business owners who are already looking into CEO succession planning is, what are the benefits? The main benefits I hear small businesses talk about in relation to succession planning is that it keeps hiring costs down, improves employer brand and boosts retention rates all at the same time. Succession planning is the epitome of planning for the worst by expecting the best. This is so that in your business, you may prepare for significant departures and grow current personnel by preparing them for potential leadership roles. Whether you refer to it as anticipatory workforce planning, succession planning or anything else, it's something that will undoubtedly benefit you personally. You can step away from your business from time to time or transition out of it over time with the peace of mind. Being able to hand over the reins on occasion also gives opportunity for your staff to step up, to feel a sense of pride and motivation and and job security. And that benefits your business in terms of talent retention, stability and obviously succession when you do eventually want to retire or exit. A question I hear from larger SMEs or small partner firms who are looking more externally to replace a CEO is our question five for today. How can a board go about finding a new CEO who's equipped to deal with 21st century challenges? Well, if you're a well-established or larger consulting type business, there's a useful article in the Harvard Business Review attributed to Victoria Luby and Jane Edison Stevenson. This outlines seven defining tenets of a gold standard succession process. And you can visit the link to find that back in the show notes. But for small businesses, that deeper CEO succession planning can feel like overkill. And the one thing that does apply to both, however, is ensuring that your talent management and development planning is linked to your long-term business strategy. That way you can start well ahead of when you actually need to find a successor. Start engaging your team in discussions that help clarify or define both short and longer term business priorities. And talk about this in relation to their career aspirations, skills gaps and personal attributes required in the leadership of the business. One idea in the HBR article is to create a CEO success profile to use as a blueprint for evaluating internal and external CEO candidates. 
And you can use this as part of succession planning to drive performance management as well as talent development. Successful successes are the result of years of preparation, mentorship and coaching, preferably up to five years before a planned transition or exit. So make sure that these people gain the experience and skills they need and have a chance to develop their internal hardwiring before taking command as CEO. There seems to be two preconditions for effective CEO succession planning. Number one, the creation of a culture of leadership, which involves more than just leadership training, but also active participation in shaping future leaders, development, shadowing, mentoring, appraisal, recognition and reward. And the second is the selection of critical roles, which were they to become vacant for a few months or filled by a bad hire, could create irreversible damage for the company. What you want to avoid is looking around the current employees and thinking, who would I trust? Because it's a process. These people will need development. They will need support. They're not going to be just like ready without any kind of investment from you. The easiest way to identify your top talent and critical roles is to consider the most senior members of the organization's structure or the highest paid employees. This choice will be reasonably accurate if the organization has a clearly defined job architecture. One of my clients in our year-long ACES program, the Birches Group, an HR consulting firm, specializes in this area. And I learned a ton about just how deep the rabbit hole can go with job evaluation and salary structures, etc. In terms of C-suite functions, one simple way to look at this is by considering whether the scope of a given functional role is strategic or operational. There are a few other parameters that can help illuminate talent, and that's to identify who's doing a great job and look at not only their knowledge and experience, but also their attitude and values. How do they show up? How do they relate to others in the team? Make a note too of if or how you're recognizing and rewarding them. And think about that job's sphere of control, the impact of function on value creation in the business, the severity of potential mistakes in that function, the level of compensation and the severity of consequences of a bad hire. Here's a list of some prompts and pointers uh, to assess your current talent pool. I've set it out as a table in the article. So again, if you like to look at it in that way, Go read the article as well. So in the first case, we've got exploratory questions and then we've got action steps. So the first is, does the person or position have a leadership role in the company and is it a large role? And then the action step is to be proactive with a plan for this person. The second exploratory question is, are tasks performed by this person complex? Does their position require specialist knowledge? And the action step associated there is to identify talent or succession candidates. And that may well be to crafting a job description and making a specific hire. The third question is, is there a high risk of this person leaving to a competitor? And the action step there is to let them know that you're considering them as part of your talent management program or succession plan and explain the stages. Sometimes people leave because they don't see a career progression. 
that it hasn't been communicated or discussed. A fourth exploratory question would be to consider whether filling the position would be protracted and costly. So the action step there is for you to step up professional development efforts. Fifth exploratory question, how long will it take to train a potential successor? And your action step there would be to ensure that you're integrating your succession plan into your hiring strategy. And the sixth exploratory question that I would be doing is whether decisions made by this person, this role, whether they're significant to your company. And the action step there is to do a trial run of your succession plan. If you were to implement it, what would the world look like? If you're the CEO looking to plan your own succession, the answer to the above six questions is undoubtedly a big yes. Because it's your role we're talking about, right? (laughs) So if you're serious about exploring this, you really need to spring into action and just start to map out the steps to look at what's involved. And there are extensive frameworks for identifying competencies in potential candidates. For example, the nine box method, the uh, nine box talent matrix, I think it's called, created in the 1970s by McKinsey. Or there is actually an advanced 16 box version reported. um, uh, And I've got the link again in the uh, article. And it's a tool that's used to map, analyze and compare employee work performance and potential. And it helps you or your HR person effectively identify leaders and strategically prepare staff for future roles. Okay, so the next question I often hear from clients is when to create a small business succession plan? When's the right time? And I would say to maintain operations and prevent service interruptions for clients or customers, every business should consider putting a succession plan into play. If you're already considering exiting the business or you know that you have health issues or want to retire, You should create one as soon as possible, even if it's going to be five years from today when you actually want to to leave. So even though you may not have plans to leave your company, accidental departures may occur and effective CEO succession planning is going to guarantee that the company runs efficiently and effectively throughout the changeover. For CEO succession planning to be successful, you need to think about whether your company currently has the talent to replace you. This means that even if it's cheaper to fill a position internally, it doesn't guarantee that a current employee is up to the task, at least not yet. And it might not be in the best interest of the company strategically to do it that way. It might be that someone with fresh eyes, a fresh perspective, is going to be able to take not only the legacy forward, but bring it into a future version of the company as well. An employee may not be qualified for the role and they may also not be interested. They may have the technical expertise and not the softer skills. They may be great operationally, but lack strategic thinking. And they may lack the external networks that fresher candidates can bring. Actively planning for your succession well ahead of the time means you're covered if you have to leave unexpectedly at short notice and ensures continuity. If you're able to help transition and mentor the person before they move fully into the CEO role, this can help 
with getting others on board as well with the new leadership. Occasionally, external candidates can be brought in as associates in the company to provide backup on an ad hoc basis without taking over a new role to spread the risk. This is ultimate continuity and ensures that if you have to leave or when you decide to leave, there is someone else who's prepared to step into that position and keep things running smoothly and who could take the mantle for future legacy and growth. I hope this has been useful to you. I've really enjoyed the challenge of exploring this area for a particular client that I'm working with. And it made me think about so many of the things that a lot of us do intuitively, a lot of us sort of do behind the scenes, and we don't necessarily formalize it into a plan. So hopefully I've given you some parameters. Please do use the article version of this um, episode in order to kind of revisit some of those lists and tables, etc. Please submit any questions that you have. I'd love to hear from you. As always, um, it's great to get sort of further questions that come out of this what's coming up for you, what are the areas that you're struggling with, and we can uh, certainly look at those together. That's all for me for now. Ciao, ciao, till next time. Thank you for listening to the Leverage Business Podcast. Want to create leverage in your business? Did this episode provide some insights and ideas to be thinking through? If so, subscribe so you get alerts when the next one's released. If you want to learn more or would like help and support with building a leveraged business that achieves true freedom for you, then head over to jallison.com forward slash podcast to find all the resources and links that go with this show on my website and to join our iSuccess community. And if you're enjoying our content, it would be great if you could pop into Apple Podcasts or the app you listen from and leave me a rating and review. Everyone makes a difference to improving our rankings. So thank you if you've done that already. I appreciate you. So hey, that's it. Thank you for listening. I hope you've loved this episode and have some great takeaways to be thinking through. I wish you a pleasant, productive and profitable week. And I'll see you again next time for another episode of the Leverage Business Podcast.